Hello, and welcome back to Soul Speak. I'm Meg Michelson. Thank you once again for joining me. We are still in these weird times that have been going on for years, and it's going to continue. Um, and so buckle down, you guys, but also make sure that you're taking good care of self, because that is essentially important. And on that same thread, I have a guest today that I'm really excited to bring on. You guys know him from behind the scenes. His name is Jacob Richmond, and he is um, the producer, editor. He does all my reels. He's been doing a fantastic job of keeping me going. Um, even on the weeks where I'm like, I don't know what I want to talk about this week. <laughs> he even helps me with that. So um, an extraordinary fellow who's running his own business like I am, just different businesses. And I wanted to bring him on today because I want us all to understand we're all human, we all struggle, and um, and it's important to go after your dreams. doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it is important to go after your dreams like Jacob is doing. So welcome, Jacob. Thank you, Meg. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I think, honestly, it was probably my idea to, to have me on. It was just one of those things me and Meg always sort of try and brainstorm ideas for, for topics. And I was just like, hey, you know, I think a lot of people have struggles with certain things and I think I can speak on them. So, you know, I'd love to come on. But no, it's honestly, it's it's been really fun producing uh, Meg's podcast this far. We're growing really well and I'm really happy with, with all the work that we've done. It, it's just awesome to see, you know, new audience members and new listeners and people commenting and telling them, you know, how much value they get from Meg. So yeah. I think... I think Meg's awesome and I think this show has a lot of potential. So, so I'm very happy to be a part of it for sure. Thank you. And um, this would not be going on you guys without his help, just so you know. <laughs> it was a divine thing because one of my clients was telling me about her podcast and she said, you need to work with him. You need your podcast going. And right away, so I said, okay, that was the final nudge I needed. And I reached out to Jacob and, um, and it really has been wonderful. Um, but it would, not, it would not have happened without you because I don't have the time, nor do I have the desire to do all the work you're doing. That's just right. not, that's not in my wheelhouse and it would take me forever. So thank you so much for all you do. And not just for me, he has other clients as well, not just me. So I want, if you're willing, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey, Jacob, as an entrepreneur and how you even got into deciding you were going to do your own business because that's that can be really tough it's it's a pretty like long-winded story of how i got here but i'd say in terms of starting my own business i worked in you know a corporate job like like most people do for for about two and a half years um from 2021 to 2023 and you know as a more sort of introverted person i just i found it hard to sort of click in the corporate environment, in you know the traditional workspace, and not to say anything about you know the company I work for, it was really really prestigious you know marketing agency in the heart of New York City. You know you go into the office, you're on the 25th floor, you look around, you see the entire you know landscape of the city. It's just like the most motivating motivating thing ever. But I just felt myself not clicking, and no matter how much I would try, you know, to really involve myself in you know the happy hours and the socializing, going over the top to really play the corporate sort of game and, and climb up the ladder. I just felt my I just felt it myself like being increasingly uncomfortable with it. And I knew that, you know, I want to be successful. I wanna be in marketing and social media and do the things that I love, but I don't know if I can continue doing it in this space. So I was like, what can I do? So I ended up leaving that job. And then I ended up just starting 
my own thing and it, and it and it wasn't very regimented at first it was just like doing work on the side for people some podcasts here and there editing some social media videos for people but i really wanted to start to reach out and branch out and start my own thing and to see if i could really do it and it sort of manifested in a thing that i'm that i'm proud of and i'm and i'm still really working on but I'm almost a year into it and you know I've had some ups and downs with it for sure but I can say without a shadow of a doubt that you know starting to work for myself and working you know having a business has been a lot more fulfilling than you know the traditional you know corporate job for me for sure yeah thank you for sharing that and um and there's a lot of people out there that want to start their own thing and jumping off the ledge is, is really scary. And when you look at how fear has c- come in your life, you know, fear can be a great motivator and fear can be something that tightens our chest and then we can't breathe and then we are stuck. And there's a lot of stuck energy in, in a lot of people, unfortunately. And so when you look at your journey of how you overcame the fear and said, I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. What was that like, and and what got you over that fear hump? Yeah, so I mean, for me, it was it was it really started before I I started to do my own thing in terms of my business. So I'm from Canada, and I, when I was living in my hometown at my parents' house, you know, I just I wasn't very happy with the situation I was in. You know, I was in school, I was in I was in college at the time, and I, I wasn't really fulfilled in the things that I was studying, and I knew that. You know, my talents lied in social media and video editing and, you know, all the digital media space. And I knew that, you know, if I were to continue with what I was doing at, at university, I wouldn't be able to truly fulfill what I actually wanted to do. And that was the fear right there, which is like, I am going to live and then I'm going to die not being fulfilled with my life. I was also sick at the time. I had a lot of issues with my stomach for three years that went undiagnosed and I was just so afraid of living a life that that wasn't mine or wasn't meant to be mine, right? I knew I was meant to do what I'm doing now, but I knew I wasn't on that path. Um, and I honestly couldn't see the path to it. And that's what was scaring me. And that was sort of pushing me towards, you know, desperation of, okay, I have to figure something out, right? So then that sort of led me to, okay, I'm already an introverted person and I'm scared of taking risks. Like, how am I going to go forward to actually do this and actually, you know, pursue a career or start these goals and endeavors that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, I just made the leap. I just, you know, I was, I was um, fortunate that my dad was a U.S. citizen. So I was able to get citizenship super quickly. And I was just like, I'm going to move to New York. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to throw myself in the fire. And, you know, I got really lucky with the job. And then I I say this because it all leads up to, you know, eventually being where I am now and starting my own business. But it was sort of that fear to take the risk. It was just too much. Like it built up so much that I was just like, I have to do something or I honestly don't know what I'm going to do. The worst possible scenario for me was to stay doing what I was going to do. Right? It wasn't trying something and failing. It was like the worst thing was what I was doing and how I was feeling. So it sort of built up. Yeah. Yeah. Because the circumstances you were in, the pain and discomfort of that became greater than the fear. And that's what we have to get to. Well, we don't, 
we don't really ever have to get to there, but a lot of us do. A lot of us wait until the discomfort is now so much bigger than the risk. And um, you did it when you were younger. So that's beautiful because a lot of people don't. And then after you started that and you said, okay, moving to New York, got a job, I'm doing this. And then there's a whole new set of fears, right? Because Mm -hmm. now there is another attachment to outcome. What is this going to be like? Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to know the job? Am I going to get friends? Whenever we're starting something new, we can be so attached. Well, and even I'm going to back up because even being stuck, we are attached to the outcome of something. And until some of us are so sure what that outcome is going to be, we're not going to take the risk. However, you didn't know what the outcome was going to be. You just knew where you were at was so uncomfortable. So that's wise and beautiful. And now let's look at, so once you were there and you were in the job and you were working and there was lots of cool stuff about it, how did you navigate that next level of now what? Now am I happy? And then what happens next? Yeah, so I really struggled with the attachment to outcome thing, specifically when I was living back home with my parents, because all I, all I can remember since I was 16 is that I was just upset with my life, right? That was the constant emotion for me was being upset and, you know, being in a sort of depressive state and being anxious all the time of like, when is my life going to get better, right? Like, when am I going to feel better? When am I going to feel fulfilled? I would go to school, I'd come home, I'd sit in my room, I'd do my homework, I'd play my video games, and I'd just be like a cycle constantly all day long. The craziest circumstances happened. I ended up moving to New York. All these things happened for me. I remember before, you know, I took the leap to move to New York and I was just, you know, sitting and swallowing in my own, you know, pity and things like that. I was just, you know, I'm not going to be happy until I reach this goal, until I get out of here. Until I get out of my parents' house, my hometown, until I move to a big city, until I start making YouTube videos or, you know, getting a, a, a good job where I want to work, you know, I'm not going to be happy. And like, and I sort of, I believe that I really did. And that sort of made everything even worse. And it made all my emotions triple in terms of, you know, the negative ones. And so when I finally moved to New York and I got this job, it was all about, the pay wasn't great. So all it's all about well, the job is okay, but I'm not going to be happy until I'm making six figures. Like I'm not going to be happy until my salary is where it needs to be, right? Because now I have all these expenses. I have rent, which is super expensive in New York. I have all these expensive and things to take care of. And it's like, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be settled and be able to feel calm and not anxious until I am able to, you know, comfortably live and comfortably afford all these things. And, um, that was something that plagued me for a while when I was living in New York. It was just like money, money, money. How am I going to do this? I'm not going to be happy. I'm not, And it really blinded me from looking around and seeing what was really around me. And, you know, when I look back on it, it was like, those are the happiest two and a half years of my life, right? I was finally free and I was finally doing things that I wanted to do. But a lot of the times I could really only focus on the negatives and um, thinking that I'd only be happy if I, if I made more money, but I was happy, you know, you know, for the, for a lot of the times I I was happy and I was really enjoying my life. I was in a really fulfilling relationship. I still am. And I was doing things that I never in a million years coming from a small town in like rural Canada 
you know, I never thought I would ever be able to do any of these things, right? Just packing up and moving to a different country, even if it was only six hours away. You know, this was just like being someone who was introverted and sort of scared of their own shadow, like as a kid and just like scared of risk and just, you know, new things in general, just looking back and being able to see what I was able to accomplish just by letting go of that fear and just not letting go of it, but just embracing and being like, okay, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it. You know, I am scared, but like something has to give and I have to, I have to go forward. So even to starting this business now that I'm doing, it's just like, I was scared of not having that constant paycheck, even though I knew that I'd be able to make more money doing my own thing. It was also like, now I'm responsible to go out and get more money. Right. And it's like, now I'm responsible to actually go get more work. Whereas, you know, in a corporate job, you're just like given your tasks, you do your work, whether you want to do your best on it or just hand it in is, is your prerogative. But you know, it's always like I wanted more, but I didn't want to actually go and get it because I was afraid of failing while doing it and then having to go back. Yeah. And again, that's that fear. Fear can be such a motivator one way or another. And I love, I love your honesty and the vulnerability because that's so important because there's so many people that are living that and haven't taken the risks you have. And when you were looking back, when you were living at home and you were doing your schoolwork and then you were playing video games, you know, that was that escape because the video games, because there was not happiness. There was that external attachment. And when our happiness is attached to an external, an external source, whatever that thing is, money, new job, new place to live, we are doing something externally to get the happiness, even if it's in waves, whether it's video games or um, excessive alcohol or, you know, whatever it is, we can be too much into exercise. It's we need that something until we decide, wait a minute, this isn't a healthy pattern. I'm, I'm not in the healthy pattern place. And then when you moved to New York and you had all of that cool stuff, I love New York City. And now it was, I need to make more money. So when you look at that journey, how did that affect those relationships around you when you were so externally? And, and of course, we're human. So it's not like that goes away. And now none of us have attachment outcome because it's a lifelong journey. But when you look back at the relationship with your parents, and then when you were in New York City, and you were noticing, I'm in that waiting. I'm waiting for life to get better. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I can start like when I was home and I was attaching to outcome and I was in a super low vibration, you know, um, frequency. My parents had to deal with living with a super grumpy 21 year old son, right. That would just sort of mope around all day and I'm fine. No, like I'm fine. Everything's fine. Just sort of on autopilot being super grumpy and monotone and flat faced all the time. And then when I moved to New York and I started living with my girlfriend, everything is amazing and it's amazing all the time. And in the grand scheme of things, my life is super positive. But when I found, found myself, you know, attaching to outcome or having fear about paying the bills or, or whatever the case may be being just, again, like super grumpy, super standoffish, like again, my girlfriend or some of my friends wanting to come up to me and talk to me and just not giving them 
the attention and the respect that they deserve just because I'm living in my own head and I'm always stressed about something, you know, I would just be working and then I get off a really bad call or I get a message from my boss that I didn't like. And then I would just go to my, just go lay down on my bed and then my girlfriend would come over and just be like, Hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? And just being like, not even being able to accept that she wants to help me and she wants to be there for me, but just being just angry at my own life that I would push it outwards. Right. And then not being able to communicate with her because again, and it's another one of my problems, just keeping everything in, but internalizing everything, just not being able to communicate why I was acting like that, which again, confuses everyone around. Why is he like that? When he wasn't like that this morning, when I talked to him this morning, he was fine. We went to the movies last night. We went, we went out to eat. Everything was fine. And then, you know, there's just these weird spots where I just can't tell what's wrong with him. And that's like the feedback I've gotten from some people. Yeah. And when you look at that, you know how, because it wasn't a conscious decision to all of a sudden go from being okay to being feeling like shit. It's a slippery slope. It's like one thing happens and then our mind goes back to the history and now here we go again, you know, whatever that is. And it happens so fast and we're not even connected to ourselves in a healthy ways at that point. So it's hard to let someone else in when we are in that, what I would call a lower vibrational state, because everything now is attaching to outcome and the outcome can be small. Like, God, I have to get this problem solved or um, I have to blah, blah, blah. Yesterday I had something happen at my the business I run and I noticed I was starting to get crabby because of those things. Attachment to outcome, right? We can change our mood so fast because the external circumstances are harshing our mellow. The external circumstances are creating the eh, 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 and it's uncomfortable and we don't know how to fix it. And now we go right down with that level of the problem. And here's your girlfriend trying to say, hey, we're here. I'm here. Well, let's connect. But you couldn't at that moment. And what did you start to do when you would notice that, wait, now I'm disconnected? not even just from her, I'm now disconnected from my higher self, or I'm just disconnected from that state of this is just one more problem I can work out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if it's like something I've completely mastered yet, but I, but I've noticed that it like, it starts with me, right? It starts, it starts with like not allowing myself to sort of get to that place, that negative place. More times than not, like, obviously, I can still get to there and I can still be grumpy and, you know, crabby about things. And but just like doing things in my own life, in my own routine, that makes my life just a little bit more predictable to where I can be like, okay, I'm just focusing on this, this, this. So I don't actually give myself time to think ahead to all the things that I haven't accomplished yet or all the things that need to get done that aren't getting done or all the things I did poorly yesterday or the day before that I'm still thinking of. So I've really, I've noticed just having a routine for myself, like waking up, working out, eating meals at sort of the same times a day, writing out my tasks for the day, and just sort of trying to tackle things one by one by one, just to sort of be as present as I possibly can. Because now it's just like, okay, all I'm having to focus on right now is this task. And I'm once I like, I'm the type of person that once I 
commit to something or write something down or tell myself, okay, I'm going to stop doing this for 30 days or I'm going to not, I really have to commit to it um, or else if I don't, I get into a really bad place. So I know that if I write eight things down, I have to tick them off one by one by one by one by one. And I've noticed that it sort of helps me to be a little bit more present and, um, you know, less grumpy and in my head and thinking about the things that I'm not doing because I know I'll get to them. And also just like, you know, going to therapy as well, just to be able to become more open and more honest and want to talk about my problems. You know, like I've just always been super inward, like full transparency. I'm trying to get better. I am getting better, but I haven't really mastered sort of the being able to just openly communicate my my issues super super well yeah and and remember we are on a lifelong journey and so your age bracket is way different than my age bracket so we can't expect someone in their 20s to have all of the life experience of someone that's 60 just doesn't work that way and so as you're recognizing the younger we are to start doing this work and you get it, you have your routine, you have a little bit more of an introvert. It's not wrong. It's who you are. No, some of my kids are introverted, some are extroverted, some will tell me everything. Some always say they're okay. We're not going to change that about somebody. But the more we become connected to ourself, and the more we become connected to what's going on, what thoughts am I having? And when I was feeling better, what was I doing? Now it helps me become more internal and not so externally motivated, which is that whole attachment to outcome. It's all about external motivation. We need mm-hmm. that, but we yeah. also need the internal motivation of, I feel better. And I want to ask you a question about that flow, because when you were having all the gut issues you were having, when mm-hmm. you were living at your parents, think about that when you are because that's second chakra and third chakra which is our self empowerment our gut is in our second and third and that's our flow our creativity it's how we're living in balance and then the digestion is connected to all of that but it's also our self esteem it's our ego it's our drive it's our giddy up and go and when you were just saying a bit ago when you you recognize things are better when you do your schedule when you exercise, when you, that's all first chakra. And that's our survival. First, second, and third are survival chakras. So in order for us to really feel strong, we have to do those things. That's not a, that's not an indulgence to be somewhat scheduled. It's not an indulgence to exercise. It's necessary because now we feel stronger in the body. So it's all so connected. And when you go back to when you were not feeling well and the gut was off, do you notice any pattern now, anything that starts to remind you, oh, here I go, I'm starting to have a gut issue or I'm starting to have, because the body will always remind us when we're going down the path that's going to lower our vibration. For sure. And it's something that I've, I've dealt with recently. I mean, in terms of my gut, like I've always noticed you know, a pattern of when I'm stressed and like how I feel, like my gut feels like, and I've been going through it a lot recently with just a lot of gut issues for the past two months. And I went to the doctors, had a lot of tests done and they're just like, nothing is wrong with you, right? Like everything is fine. Well, if everything's negative, what could it possibly be? And then 
I just start to remember that like, oh yeah, like right now in terms of like clientele, like I'm kind of low on my clientele. Like I'm not in a place that I was in the summer. My main client sort of dropped out. I just moved into a new house and the rent is super high. And it's just like, you know, I'm really focusing on the future and stressing about all these things I have to get to. And my stomach just hurts every day. And I really have to sort of step back at least in the last two weeks and just be like, okay, like that's what it is. You know, it's time to really focus on myself and stop putting all these bills and everything above and prioritizing above like my own health, my own happiness and try again to get a little bit more routine, go back to my therapist, just do all, just trying to do these things that help ground me and bring me back. Cause I feel it going down, right? And just right. trying to yep. bring me back out. And now you know the pattern. So you're mm-hmm. able to catch it quicker. But we still get down there. And I'm like, oh, shoot, here I am again. And you're not as low as you were. And that third chakra, that gut, where you feel all of that discomfort and the second, that's all, again, our second brain. So worry is part of our self-esteem. It's part of our engine. When we're worried, we are either hyperactive or we are stuck. Neither one is good. Both of those really affect how the gut is healthy or not. Second brain. So the biggest gift we can give ourselves when we worry, when we're attaching to outcome and we're worried or in fear or um, stressed or overworking now to because we just got to fix it, biggest gift we can do is put a hand there and let it have some ease. And now the gut will talk to us. The gut always talks. So, and you already have the answer. I'm, I'm now focusing too much externally and I've stopped focusing internally. So I get to slow my gut down because my gut's waiting for me to say, okay, back up, go back to my routine, go back to my self-care. Because when we do that, when we allow ourselves to step back into flow, that's when the magic happens. It might not happen that moment, but sometimes it really does. You know, running our own business like Jacob is and I am, there are times when we feel hungry financially. And then then it's easy to go to the external grip. However, that's when we say, okay, what can I do since I can't work right now or I don't have new stuff coming in? What if I just allowed myself to feel grateful for anything around me and go into a play mode? And because you're a more serious being, some people are more serious and some people more playful. We need all of us. It's harder to do that. And that's what our body is asking us to do, to go with the flow. So when you look back at the times you have said, F it, I'm just going to go with the flow. Have you noticed how the external circumstances shift or have you noticed how your body shifts or both? Yeah, no, for sure. Like it's, it's funny because I was, I'm just never been a go with the flow type of person ever. And like, it's so crazy just me and then meeting my girlfriend, who's the complete polar opposite of just like, everything is flow. Everything is, I'm going to do it. And then if I make a mistake, then so what? It's really helped having her there just because it's like the, our responses to things are just so polar opposite. I'm just like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if we don't, what if I don't make this money? What if she's just like, it's fine. And we'll get there when we get there. Right. That's just like, it's always the response. And whenever I've just allowed myself to not focus on the outcome or the future as much, I find that 
things really just do come to me. You know, they just, they end up working out. And I find myself being like, damn, she was right. And then the next time it happens, I'm, I go back to, you know, stressing about it. And then I'll bring myself back to earth and then I'll come back. And it's just, it's, it's a cycle for me for sure. But I've noticed that when I've let go, without a doubt, more often than not, things just come my way. And um, if they don't come my way, it's because I stopped letting go. And I, and I got myself back in that position where I'm, I'm worrying again. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And when we think about it energetically, it's, if we are in the state of bringing in all this different thought flow, this flow of goodness, and all of a sudden something happens external, like the doorbell rings, and now all those good thoughts just went away. Mm. That's what we're doing to ourselves all the time with the state of worry. And we're when we open up, it doesn't mean we just sit around and do nothing all the time. We all know that. There's a state of balance. We act and we also be we have to be and when we're in be mode just just allow the goodness to come in and say i'm not going to worry about it right now i've done what i can let it go it's amazing now the universe magic can happen now the flow because we're not blocking the flow otherwise we're holding out it's like we're taking our hands and putting all the goodness out here because this is so full we can't let anything else into our head our thoughts are taking up all the space, but just the exhale and the release. And now an aha will come or a phone call will come as long as we continue to be in the balance of doing and being, Mm -hmm. doing and being. And I want to make a comment about your relationship because that's beautiful. You're attracted to her because you want to be more like that. And so now it's when we have a relationship where we are opposites. And I would say, you're not totally opposites because you're both kind and loving people. Um, But there is that state of, I want to be more free. I want that flow. And so I'm attracted to this person. And now I'm going to continue to work on having that. Otherwise, she's just going to agitate me later. So (laughs) that's why we are attracted to opposites. We want to become more like that. That's beautiful. You know, and in this whole journey... How do you feel like, because when we are attaching to an external outcome, it can be we either are blaming other people if it's not happening or blaming God or blaming the universe or blaming our neighbor, whatever we're blaming, or we are blaming ourselves, how stupid we are, how we can't get it together. Why isn't this working? What did I do wrong? In between that, again, with the flow is learning how to be in a state of compassion to ourselves. So how has that journey been where you you understand that and you're working on it? How has that been, that state of compassion? And do you notice again how that eases the physical body? And I'm not talking pity because now we're in that blame victim, but compassion. You know, I, I catch myself sometimes and, and I'm, I've been starting to realize this more as I've been started to like get through my mid-20s. I'm almost 26 now, but even with what I'm doing right now with my business, when, when times are hard and, you know, there's the months where the money isn't coming in like it was in the months before, I always find myself like, why can't I just find the money? Why can't I just make money? Like in this ties into comparing to others, but like, why can't I just be successful like X, Y, and Z, these people? Why can't I just have all these things that I want that I'm working towards? Like, 
what is wrong with me? Why can't I do it? And then I remember of how far I've actually come. And I end up sort of feeling proud of myself. Like I know right now, this month and this moment in particular, maybe the income or the opportunity or, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is smaller. But if I look back to what I've done and what I'm doing, and I've started my own business and I'm working for myself and not a lot of people get to this moment and people let fear consume them and they just stay in the state that they don't want to be in forever. Like I notice, like I'm 25. I don't have to rely on my parents, my family for anyone. I'm com- completely independent. It's just like I end up reminding myself of these things and I end up just like, man, like you're doing good. Like I really like I'm doing good no matter if I'm not doing as good in this one area last month than I am this month, like in the whole thing, when I remind myself of the whole picture of what's happened, I end up feeling so much better about my worries and my problems and my troubles. And obviously like they might come back in the future in a couple of days or maybe even later in the night when I'm having, you know, some time alone to myself, but like to ground myself in that moment, like just reminding myself, like I never in a like in a million years thought, I would have, now I'm living in L, like coming to LA. That's where I wanted to live when I was 15 and being from like a small rural town in Canada. It's like to think that I'd be here and I'd have this amazing relationship and I've had two dogs and a cat and I'd be doing this work that I was like obsessed with when I was like a teenager, just wanting to do social media. It's like, I would have never imagined that to be even, you know, remotely possible. So it's so beautiful, Jacob. It's so beautiful. And that state of being that state of being in compassion and saying, wow, look at how far I've come. So I'm I'm hitting a little roadblock. Mm -hmm. Or we can let ourselves not remember how far we've come. And then the roadblock becomes even bigger. But we get to teach ourselves to do that. And the more we teach ourselves to do that, the more we're recognizing, oh, that's actually helping because mm-hmm. now I'm happier. And now I might notice that the birds are singing or now I might notice that the sky is blue because I'm in a state of compassion and compassion mm-hmm. is a higher vibration. And then you love your girlfriend more and you love your job more. And mm-hmm. that's how that all ties together. And notice the difference in your energy level. When we are in compassion and kindness towards self and others, and when we are in my life sucks, why isn't why aren't I bringing in enough money? Why is mm-hmm. this not working? I'm not going to pay my rent. Look at the difference in your energy level. You know, so take that time, and all of us, this audience, take that time and recognize, wow, it's not just... Even if abundance doesn't come in at that moment, I feel a whole lot better, which means mm-hmm. that's better for me. It's better for my health. It's better for my relationship. So it's not a waste of time yeah. to let go. Yeah. yeah. What else would you like to say? Any any tidbits that we haven't brought up? I'd like to say just just from personal experience, and I think this this is pretty universal, that like choosing because it is a choice more often than not choosing to stay in the state that like doesn't make you happy. That's easy, right? Like that's the easy part for me as just a person who's always, that's always been prone to like depression, like depression episodes and being 
more of a pessimist and on the side of like, you know, not thinking that, you know, all my dreams can come true and just sort of finding myself in these darker states. Like it is a choice to stay there and it is easier to actually stay there. You know, it's funny because it, 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 it causes us like so much pain, but it is so much easier to stay in that pain because it's just so familiar rather than trying to, to drag yourself out. Because like, I know like part of the fear that I have is like, even when I'm, when I'm sulking and I'm just sad for no reason and I'll just like go in my office and like turn the lights off and play sad music and like really play into the fact that, you know, my life's bad and I'm not where I want to be. Like, that's just like so easy to do, right? Because it's just come so naturally. Putting myself further in that hole, like, makes it so much harder to get out of because it's like, well, now I actually have to work to be happy. Like I know I'm, when I'm happy, things are going to be great, but I actually have to put in the work to be happy, you know? And then it's like, it's just so much easier to stay in the uncomfortability, in, in, in the sadness or, you know, not chasing your goals or whatever. But I absolutely love that. And I want to, uh, I, I love that, that you brought that up because that's so important. When people are in a lower level state, it is, like Jacob said, so easy to stay in a lower level state. Why? Because here I am in hopelessness or life sucks, dysthymia, whatever that, that energy is. I don't have to walk up any stairs. I can just go from this room to that room turn on music, feel sorry for myself. I have been there a million times in my life. And when we're there, what do we do? We tune into depressing news stories. We watch depressing movies. We listen to sad music. Why? Because we're in this flat plane. And we all know, most of us know, we can get out of it, but I have to take an action step, which means I have to go up a flight of stairs, or maybe I have to lift my leg up three stairs, but that takes energy because right now I'm just flat and it does take effort to change it. And it's so possible just by saying, God, I love my dog or I'm so lucky I'm living in LA and I used to live in New York city and not many mm -hmm. people even get to do that, right. but you did both. And then, but it does take, it takes an actual action and we don't always want to take action. We sometimes just want the reader's digest sweepstake trucks to come to our door, but that doesn't really happen. And so that energy of in order to change a mood, it absolutely takes a conscious switch. We have to make the switch. We have to say, okay, fine. This is so ridiculous. I might laugh. Like yesterday I was feeling crabby about people that were crabby and I started laughing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm now crabby because they're crabby. I don't want to do that. And that was a shift I needed. I laughed. Immediately when we laugh, our vibration goes up and we don't even have to leave the room. So there are things we can do that are easy steps to get our vibration from flat or lower to just one bump up. And then, okay, we got a little energy. Now we can go up another bump. And that is all based on not external. That's all based on our connection to our internal drive, not attaching to outcome, but choosing to do this for ourselves. Choosing to do this because we don't like the way it feels to be flat, 
even though it's sometimes super comfortable, but that doesn't mean it feels good. Yeah. Thank you. That's such a beautiful, um, I love that example because people don't realize when they're there. Yeah, no, for sure. Like it takes just as much effort to get yourself out of that mopey state than it does to like, I don't know, like go to the gym or complete any sort of goal that you have. Like it's the same thing, right? It's, it's the same thing. It's just taking that one step that leads you to that next one and that next one. So like for me, it's just like when I'm in that state, it's just like all I have to do is laugh, just laugh one time. Right. And then it's like, why was I even sad? Like, what was that even about? Like, I don't even know that person from five seconds ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to stay in, in the state, but yeah, it's just, just take that one step for sure. And the more we focus on, I don't want to be too comfortable in that space anymore. I want that not to be the norm. Now we are creating a new pathway. Just acknowledging that I don't want to be in this spot as my comfort anymore. I want my comfort zone to be much lighter. It can be. So then we sometimes dip down there, but that's not where we're living most of the time. Yeah, new pathways. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Jacob. Um, You're a great guy and what a cool journey he's on. And just like everybody else, he's just a normal human. None of us are superhuman that do things that others don't. It's just the choices we're making. So please make some choices this week that are healthy risks, you guys, to get out of the doldrums and say, what would I really like my life to be like? Step at a time, laughter, get it going. Have a beautiful week and thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much for sharing this with others. I really appreciate that. And if you're ready to start a podcast, Jacob is going to put his contact information (laughs) in the notes because he's really great to work with and and I highly recommend him. No complaints. I appreciate that. (laughs) All blessings. (laughs) So thank you so much, Jacob. Everybody have a great week and we'll see you next week.